you're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator. And he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Happy Saturday, East Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and today we're going to talk about a wonderful organization that's been around for 30, almost 36 years here in the, Knoxville, uh, in the Knoxville area, the Love Kitchen. The Love Kitchen began on Valentine's Day in 1986 when twin sisters Helen Ash and Ellen Turner served 22 meals to people in a small church in East Knoxville. And for 36 years, the Love Kitchen has been a staple of the community. They serve over 3,000 meals a week to mainly homebound and shut-ins throughout the area. Uh, Since the sisters' passing, just in the last few years, this volunteer organization has continued to provide meals, And like its name, they provide love to anyone in the community who needs it. Our guest this morning is Ernie Roberts. He is the board chairman for the Love Kitchen. He's a retired Bearden High School math teacher, and he encouraged volunteerism to thousands of students as he ran the Bearden Key Club. He definitely embodies Tennessee's volunteer spirit, having been a part of many local charities over the years, including the New Sentinel Charities, the Ronald McDonald House, the Empty Stocking Fund. He's been volunteering with the Love Kitchen for years. Ernie, good morning. Welcome to More Living. Hi, Jim. Good to see you. Good to see you, Jim. (laughs) How about good to hear you? I'm a far away, far piece away this morning. Oh, well, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for the introduction. Y'all got a lot of information on me there. I'm impressed. Well, so uh, about that volunteer spirit, the Love Kitchen is an organization that depends 100% on volunteers, correct? Yes, we do. We, um, from the standpoint of donations to of money to also of time and effort, and it makes such a great experience to go with there. You know, we have uh, been very blessed in this community, and it is volunteerism, just like, hey, the state of Tennessee is the volunteer state, so the Love Kitchen's mission and how we function fits right into that that image there. Ernie, tell us about you know how the the, the history and how the Love Kitchen got started. I'll tell you what I've I love, and I'm going to recount as best I can Helen and Ellen's story. Okay, um, Helen says she was told in a dream. Uh, she said we're going to feed people, and she shared that with her sister, and her sister thought she was a little crazy. I think. And Ellen, Helen said, no, we're, God said to feed people. We're going to feed people. He, and Ellen's kind of going like, well, do we really know how to do that? And once again, they began a very, very grassroots, as you said earlier in your, in your program there, 22 meals the first time on Valentine's Day. And now it's grown up to over, well, 2,000, over 2,000 meals that we serve between the homebound and in-house. And we're also sending a lot of things to outlying counties. So from the history standpoint, 
It started small, but my goodness, it's gained a lot of steam. They have been just amazing. When I first met them, I had the chance to meet them and hear their story. And also, I met them at a church where I actually work as a little bit of uh, part-time work with being a music and worship leader at Fifth Avenue Baptist Church. That's where I met the sisters and fell in love with them instantly. And they were just so instrumental. I joined up their board about three years later. And before that, I did a couple of years of working inside the kitchen as a volunteer myself. And then have off and on now continued to be volunteer with being on the board and also just whenever they need stuff to be filled in. Sometimes they need an extra driver. I can do that. You know, little things. And there's so many things that anyone can do. It doesn't require you to be incredibly skilled. We, ha- we have people who do the cooking, so you don't have to worry about that. Just putting it together, putting a meal sure. in the right order, that's some of the good things that people can do also to help us out. Well, I'm always glad to hear about a fellow music guy. You, you may not know, but I was a, a, my undergraduate degree was music education. I've been involved in worship music most of my life. So really? that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. awesome. Hey, I, I also sing occasionally with the Knoxville Opera Company, so I'll put a little plug there. I'm not in their current production, but... I, you know, have sung with them in the past too. So I, I have all over the, kind of all over the spectrum. Yeah, you know, that's great. And Brian, yeah, Brian Selesky's a good friend. Hey, um, uh, yeah. I love the statement about the values that were instilled in the sisters growing up. They were taught three things that their father taught them. Yeah. There is only one father, and that is the father in heaven. Yeah. There's only one race, and that's the human race. And never yeah. take the last piece of bread. Someone may come in, come by in need of it. What an incredible set of lessons to live by. So have it, talk a little bit about how that permeates the organization. Well, we, we basically are there to feed people who are in need. And that is our main job. Although we wind up meeting some other needs too along the way. We have a lot of times things are brought in. Sometimes we have clothing. We've even had... Uh, run the last few weeks, we've had a lot of mattresses. I mean, they're new mattresses, but they've got, come in and gone out to where people need it. So we get beyond the food in a lot of respects. I think also just the person-to-person contact is ex- ex- extremely important. When we have a chance to make a difference in a person's life, not just because we feed them, but also we give them a, a need for socializing, a need for someone to be there to talk oh, to, that kind of you know that kind of thing is also I feel like has been a part and that hence the love kitchen really does exude that. I, well, I believe the social our board aspect, believe there. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the social aspect is crucially important. Well, and I agree, you know, and and I think that's where a lot of our when we do the deliveries, in some cases that may be the only only human contact you know people that people see that week. Uh, many of them have other family members that will help support them. Some, but a lot of them are alone and. There, we call them the, you know, we have homeless, we have homebound, and we also have some who are just helpless that we all are called to minister to. And that's part of our H's that we have there that Helen and Ellen set out way back when. Now, the sisters were the original cooks in that kitchen. How now? Of they're course, good. They're, pardon me? <laughs> they were quite good at doing that, too, by the way. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. But, you know, going from 22 meals to 3,000 meals a week, you know, how many people does it take to run the kitchen and other parts of the organization on a daily and weekly basis? Well, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, actually, we have about four people who are really, that I know of there, I really have great shout-outs because they're consistently there day in and day out. 
One is Faith Klein, who is our chief cook and kitchen manager. We'll call her. That's her position. And she takes care of the overseeing, the ordering of what food we're going to be preparing. On Mondays, we have a group that comes in and begins the preparation of food. I mean, that's the days that we really put a lot of it together. On Tuesday and Wednesday, we have volunteers that come in and join us putting together the meals, taking what has been prepared and divvying that up into boxes of certain. We've, we've sent out a stack. I'll, I'll, I'll get sometimes twisted up, so, Jim, pardon me if I do. No, but we basically send out seven meals in a tower, basically one per day. It's designed for one per day when we distribute. And what happens is we make those meals up. They don't just automatically come to us, you know. So we put those together. The cooking goes on on Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday, those towers are created. And then on Thursday, they're delivered by other sets of volunteers. So as I mentioned earlier, we have volunteers who come in and put the meals together. We have volunteers who come in and cook. Faith runs that. We also have volunteers who help deliver things out beyond just the food, and that's Pastor Elroy Wilson, who helps us out. He is our community outreach and community action person and takes care of a lot of those things. There's always something Elroy is bringing in and always something that's going out, seems like and to different places and different locations. And also, uh, Dita, who is, uh, I can't remember Dita's last name, but she is one of our great people taking care of the volunteers in the kitchen. Also, Sue Grimes, who's also our vice president, takes care of volunteers in general, what we need what we and takes care of any requests, any calls that come in. She's there pretty much four or five days during the week. And one other person I don't want to be remiss of is Mary her who is autumn amazing in how she works the crews together within so it's a good so, machine people who are dedicated they, they come i mean it's a 52 52 week operation we don't take christmas off we don't take thanksgiving off that thanksgiving is a big day for us to deliver uh, or the day before to deliver we do feed in house on thanksgiving every year because it's on a thursday and also for you know holidays and summer vacations. I mean, we're still there. We're still running. Up so it sounds so like you've got a great foundation. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've got a great foundation yeah. of people that do that are really quite committed and are involved. Absolutely. And they have a know, heart and a passion for this ministry. That makes sense. And then they provide good. yeah, and then they provide that foundation and then you have, I guess, other volunteers that layer in on top of that to provide all you've of that got infrastructure it. And, and to do. The leadership, yeah, and leadership coming all the way down, trickle down. It, it definitely works well in that regard. And some volunteers come in, as I say, on a week-to-week basis. Others may come in for a month. Some may just be able to come in for a day. But you call in the office there, and they'll work and schedule you in. And also you can drop by the Love Kitchen and ask if you can come help, and we'll be glad to set up a time for you to work with us too. That's great. This is uh, We're visiting with Ernie Roberts of the Love Kitchen, and we're talking about their incredible impact on the community. Uh, when we come back, we want to talk about the volunteer work that is available in their needs and, and also the power of getting involved in volunteering our time in serving others. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. 
I'm your host, Jim Brogan. We're on every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. and again, 3 to 4 p.m. We're visiting this work this week with Ernie Roberts with The Love Kitchen. He'll be with us uh, until the bottom of the hour. and We're talking about the great things The Love Kitchen does in the community. Uh, Ernie, you've got a birthday coming up. Uh, Valentine's Day, of course, every year celebrates the birth of Love Kitchen, and this will be 36 yes, years. Uh, anything planned for the 36th birthday? It is pretty amazing. Is there anything planned for the 36th birthday? Well, you know, we are we are basically, I guess we'll say we're business as usual. We'll be cooking that yeah. day because it's the 14th. It's on a Monday. And I know that good things are happening around because, for one thing, during the month of February, I know National Fitness, which is a great corporation company, they're going to be doing a canned food drive. So if you're a member of National Fitness, folks, I bring your cans there. They're going to be collecting them during the month. Also, we have a group, uh, a tasting society, that is running a fundraiser through Valentine's Day for us. It's on a nationwide basis, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're already – they started Friday morning, and they're raising money online through a national foundation. So there's a lots of ways people can do and be a part of us, and we're, we're kind of – I guess vicariously, we're living through some of those celebrations that these folks are doing for us to help raise food and also raise money and donations and stuff. It's a great, sure. great community out there that are willing to jump on board. And I'll tell you what, there are many of them that I would have never thought, let's do this or let's do that. But while I'm at it, let me put a, a couple of few other names of people and, and companies that have been good for us here. Mayor Jacobs and the Knox County Parks and Recreation just finished giving us a donation that they received during their Festival of Lights out of the Cove in Farragut which was awesome, a great donation. We also used Venmo there, but uh, receiving almost between $7,000 and $8,000 of donations from that, plus uh, barrels and barrels of canned goods. So lots of needs being met there. As the sisters would say, that feeds a lot of people. It would feed a lot of people. Also, Farragut High School and West High School have done uh, canned food drives and monetary drives this year. We've had a few things different with the COVID restrictions, which have made us adjust a little bit the kitchen because we can't really feed people inside. It's, it's too much of a danger risk and such, but we have moved to be able to move things outside to basically they do drive-through, drive-by, how you want to call it there with picking up food on Wednesdays and Thursdays for meals. And um, one other thing with that, that has made us more aware of what's going on around, and we're outreaching into the outlying counties some now. Pastor Wilson is a great person who's taken that under his wing and really working with it. Well, that was actually something I wanted to ask you about, Ernie, was the impact of the pandemic in the past two years and then your plans moving forward. It sounds like, you know, you all were able to be flexible and adjust and, and continue running. Were there, were there, are there any potential ramifications moving forward in the effectiveness of, the, of, of your service? I feel like we have, by making it through what we have, and as just, like I said, we've adjusted, and some of those adjustments, Jim, have been for the better. They have been, you know, we've found things that maybe work a little more efficiently, and also the fact that we're now working toward trying to outreach to communities which are outside of Knox County, and that's been an exciting moment. Like I said, Pastor is working with some churches, some community organizations, and he told me 10 counties and started naming them off, and even one of two of them included McMinn and White County. So we have, you know, even gotten out of that, the ones that are just adjoining to us. But the rest of those counties, especially Granger County, Union, those that are around the Knox County that 
share our boundaries. Now, Ernie, you talked earlier about the benefit of volunteering. And, you know, many people will attest that, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes volunteering benefits the volunteer, <coughs> excuse me, even more okay. than, the reci- than the recipient. <coughs> Got a little something in my throat there, excuse me. <coughs> but, but that it often benefits the volunteer just as much or even more than the recipient. And I think the Love Kitchen exudes that as much as any because it runs completely on volunteers and donations from the community. What do you think it is about the Love Kitchen that keeps people coming back to volunteering? You know, you went through those names of people that have always that are involved on a very, very regular basis. Right. What does it keeps people coming back? And, and keep in mind also, most of our, in fact, pretty much all of our board members at one time or another have volunteered. They, that's how they've gotten their taste. I, we thought they'd demonstrated their passion for, or they're involved in this in, in a ministry very similar to this. So that's how we've worked with those. But I'll tell you what, when I worked as a volunteer within the actually preparing the meals and such, the camaraderie, because you had your little team that was there, was exciting. But also to see, you started with a stack of these trays to fill. And when he got them done, it was just such a feeling of uh, reward, you know, and you realized that they were going to go to for people who were really in need. I think those who drive, they get a grand benefit who go and they see the recipients. They get to talk to them. The blessings come back, I think, in times, in many times, unexpected ways, Jim. You sit there, okay, I'm helping someone. They're being blessed. Well, that blessing comes back to you, especially if they say thank you. Or sometimes they'll want to say, well, what can I do for you? And it's just like, whoa, you know, you've already done something for me. Uh, you just you just sent a blessing. You just almost made me cry, you know, kind of thing. So I feel that the benefits in a many times a spiritual nature, I think that's important. Um, we, we always feel like, you know, the command of Jesus was to, you know, if, if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me, uh, whether you have, you know, helped, whether you've food, whether you've clothed or whatever. So I think it's, he's commanded us to do that. He's told us, and that's why we do it, because it's a blessing. And we receive that blessing back in so many ways. And the excitement and the smiles of the recipients, when you get to know some of them and when you talk to them and when you see them benefiting – it can't help but make you feel good and make you feel like, yes, I need to come back for that. But as I said, yeah. we've had a lot of great friendships, and a lot of good camaraderie, and we the volunteers need that too amongst each other. And it's a great team effort. It's a lot of fun. It's, like I said, it's, it's in many cases I say it's a no-brainer. You don't really have to work too hard at making it happen. We've got other people who are taking care of the big business and taking care of the stuff that maybe a little more, require a little more skill level and such, but we can always use volunteers to come in and do whatever they feel led to do and whatever they're able to do to help us out. So, Ernie, how can our listeners find out more about getting involved in supporting the Love Kitchen? Well, we have the Love Kitchen. We have a website, which is a good place to to look. Uh, Also, we are out there on Twitter. We're um, also on LinkedIn now. We're working on that. We We basically just put in a new person to try to get our as, as you know, we lost Patrick Riggins, who did – Patrick did so many of these things for us, and Patrick passed away of a heart attack back in December, the week before Christmas, and we miss him dearly. 
trust me, I moved into this position without <laughs> any expectation. It was totally, um, totally a complete shock. And we have, we've gotten, we've gotten over, but we still miss him. But you know what? We still feel his presence as he keeps leading us to certain things and saying, now this is something you got to work. We've, I've left you a way to get there. But Patrick had taken the place when Helen and Ellen were unable to, you know, to work anymore with the, with the ministry. And they became, became very ill and passed away eventually, both of them. So I think, you know, in all that regards there, we keep working to pass it on down to the next group. And from the standpoint of where we are, we don't know who our next volunteer, but Erin Vandervelt has come along to take care. She is, she had a God moment. I, I just call it that where she felt like she was called to be with us and she shared what she could do. And she's going to take in to do our social media and those kind of things and do a magnificent job as a, you know, once again, another volunteer. So we don't know when God's going to send us the next volunteer, but we hope they will, you know, and we are located on, on, Martin Luther King Boulevard. You can always, you know, drop by during the during the weekdays, except on Friday, uh, and check in. And Sue Grimes or someone will be there to greet you and say hello to you, and also help you through. We have a phone number. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm a little bit off key on it. I can't remember what, but that's our call to get in there. But I think really our website to leave your name or our Gmail account, lovekitchen at gmail dot com. Send us a message there. I know some people are doing that. We will get back to you. That's probably the best way to get to. Well, you Ernie Roberts, anytime that way. Yes, Ernie, thank you so much. I know you've got a busy schedule yourself, so uh, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We appreciate it. Well, Jim, thank you for letting me talk a little about it. And let me tell you, Love Kitchen is an awesome place, and it lives up to its name, Love Kitchen. Works great. That's great. That's Ernie Roberts, board chairman for the Love Kitchen, and uh, just tremendous things they do in the community. Now, when we come back for the last part half of the show, we're going to talk about. How to be effective with your charitable giving. Uh, how can you be most effective in terms of impact? How can you make sure the organizations you're giving to are fiscally responsible? Um, how can you make sure you maximize the tax benefits of that? Now, we'll also have our dollars and cents segment where I'm going to talk about the power of giving on your own life. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Thank you for tuning in this Saturday. It's More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. Charitable giving and the power of giving is so critically important, and it was great to talk to Ernie Roberts at the Love Kitchen and all the great things they've done in our community for 36 years now, and it's completely volunteer-based. That keeps their overhead, you know, extremely low. They don't have payroll costs and all those things, and uh, the power of volunteerism is so strong, and of course, we live here in the volunteer state. We know that as well as anyone in the country. Um, we're going to get into some of the benefits of charitable giving financially and how to make sure of the impact you're making and how to choose organizations. Uh, however, before we do that, it is time for dollars and cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? 
the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan in our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. Let's talk about the power of giving and the impact on your life. I think giving should be a foundational part of a financial plan. Now, not everyone is going to agree with me on that, but let me give you many of the reasons why I think that. I think the number one reason is money-life balance. You know, there's always people around us, uh, whether that's locally or elsewhere around the country or even around the world. There are people all around us that are that are not as fortunate as we are. Um, especially if we're employed and have a job. And when we give to those organizations that support people around us that are not as fortunate as we are, uh, we get tremendous blessings back. And I think it's a combination of giving of our time and our resources. So that's giving, volunteering with great organizations like the Love Kitchen. It's also giving financially uh, because, you know, There's a lot to be said. Show me your checkbook for the last 30 days and we'll see where your priorities are. You may have heard that before. When you're you're actively giving and you see the impact that it's making on other people's lives, we receive that back tenfold. And we live in a world of such materialism. We're bombarded with it constantly in advertisements, on TV, and frankly, everywhere we go. Materialism is all around us. And so, you know, they, they asked J.D. Rockefeller back in the day. They asked him, J.D., how much money is enough? And you know what his answer was? A little bit more. Because, see, if the money is the goal and the object, it never is enough. And so money-life balance is such a critically important part of our lives. Money's there to serve us, not the other way around. It is a tool. It's not, an, it's not the object that we should be pursuing. And so it just helps us keep a healthy perspective. So I would urge you today, if you're not actively giving, find out some way to give. If you can't do it financially, do it with your time. On the financial side, if you need to, just start small. But do it regularly, a little bit here and there. Maybe give, if you haven't been getting giving out of your income, maybe start with 2% or even 1%, just get started. And then as you develop and you get raises, try to give just a little bit more. Um, I, you know, I'm a fan of trying to give 10% out of your income uh, to others less fortunate. Uh, but that may be a big step if you're not used to doing that right out of the gate. So just start small and get the habit going and then also give with your time. And I promise you the richness of life will come back on you tenfold. Your work-life balance, your money-life balance will be much, much healthier. Your perspective, your emotional stability, everything. So the power of giving should be a foundational component of your financial plan. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting broganfinancial.com.
Do check us out at BroganFinancial.com. We've got a lot of resources there. We just published a new guide, Five Keys to Successful Planning in 2022. Uh, So if you click on resources, there are plenty of guides that you can download. You can also click to follow our blog. Uh, We also publish a weekly e-newsletter, an e-blast, where uh, in the e-newsletter, we just give you great links to other content we're always releasing to help you make informed and prudent decisions that can impact the quality of your life. Now, my next college class is at Pellissippi State Community College. It is Thrive Financially in Retirement. It is on March the 3rd and the 10th. So again, March the 3rd and the 10th, Thrive Financially in Retirement. It's at Pellissippi State Hardin Valley. If you go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com, you can find out more information. I cover seven major areas in that class. You can learn more and download the syllabus at PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. Now let's talk about how to give in a smart way financially. And there are several things that come up here. Now the, the, the one that jumps to the top and the forefront when we think about being smart with our giving is from a tax perspective. So let's just talk about some of the ways to be effective. You know, the the Internal Revenue Code, the way Congress has developed the code over years and years and years, is to incentivize charitable giving. And the idea there is that charities, as a rule, can be more efficient with our money than the federal government. That's why we have incentives to give charitably. And the rules, uh, as of right now, you can make a cash gift of up to 60% of your adjusted gross income and take a full deduction on your tax return. Now, the deductibility of charitable contributions has become more of a thing, uh, an issue for many people with the increase in the standard deduction that happened with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. You know, we almost doubled the standard deduction. Uh, for a married couple, it's rough figures twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Now it is going to go back to the old deduction in twenty twenty six, but we do want to be conscious of our charitable giving and how we can do uh, get our deductions. Now, if you're seventy and a half, if you're in the year you're seventy and a half or older, one great thing is you can give directly from an IRA to charity. It's called a qualified charitable deduction de- distribution, and it comes straight. It is not a taxable distribution. Now, of course, at age 72, you have to start taking required minimum distributions from your IRA. So this helps offset that as a taxable item on your tax return. So let's use an example. Let's say that you've got a $10,000 required minimum distribution, and you decide to do $2,000 as a qualified charitable distribution. Well, that counts to the t- towards the 10. So instead of being taxed on 10,000, you're now being taxed on 8,000. And it's what we call an above the line deduction. It comes straight off of your adjusted gross income, and that's always the best kind of a deduction. So, you know, it, it comes straight off the taxable portion of your RMD. So if you're not itemizing and you're 70 and a half or older, that's a very effective way to give to charity. Now, to be clear, when you do that, you have to have the check made out directly to the church 
or the charity. It cannot come to you and then you just make a cash gift. It has to be made out to the church or charity. And you can only do a qualified charitable distribution or a QCD. You can only do that from an IRA. You cannot do it from a 401k or a 403b or a 457. You know, as a rule, IRAs are so much more flexible in financial planning from an investment perspective, from a charitable perspective, from an ability to manage minimum distributions, and from an ability to control and manage costs and fees. For the most part, an IRA is a better platform to be able to do all those things. Now, not always, but it definitely makes things more efficient from a charitable perspective. Now, another very effective way while you're alive to give charitably maybe as effective a way as there is, is to give an appreciated asset. A stock, let's use a stock or a mutual fund as an example. <clears throat> let's say that I've got a 20, let's say I paid $20,000 for a stock and now it's worth $40,000. You know, if I sell that stock, if I've owned it for more than a year, I have a long-term capital gain. If I have it less than a year, it's a short-term gain. But if I sell that stock, I have a capital gain, and I have to pay tax on that gain. But if I give that to a church or, ch or a qualified charity, I don't have to pay the tax on that gain, and I get the full $40,000 deduction on my tax return. So it's much more effective to give a stock or a mutual fund than to give cash. Again, think about it. If I have $40,000 in a stock, but I only paid $20,000 for that stock, that stock is really not worth $40,000 to me because I've got to pay a gain, a tax on the gain when I sell it and harvest it. But the $40,000 I've got in the bank is worth $40,000 to me because I've already paid the tax. So I'd rather give the $40,000 to the charity, you know, the, the stock. I don't have to pay tax on the gain and I still get a $40,000 tax deduction. Now there's a limit, you, and when you give an appreciated asset like a stock or an ETF or a mutual fund or a piece of real estate, it's a, there's a limit you can only deduct in one year 30% of your adjusted gross income. So if you give more than that, you can carry forward that gift, but only for an additional five years. So, you know, you can't, it's not unlimited, so you do want to be smart about how you manage that and look at your adjusted gross income. Now, if you've made a gift, let's say you made a large gift in the last few years, and you're trying to figure out, you know, you've got a limited window to take the deductions for that gift. Well, you should be looking at tax strategies every year. You might want to drive up your adjusted gross income so that you can use more of that tax deduction from the gift you made a few years ago that you're carrying forward because after you get out of that six-year window, you can't deduct that anymore. And if you drive up income and then offset it with the deduction, you're not really paying the tax on that. So, you know, there's very effective tax strategies uh, if you have a prior gift that you haven't realized on your taxes, you want to be really smart about that with your tax planning strategy. Sometimes it can make sense to even plan capital gains uh, in tandem that drives up your adjusted gross income and then in tandem be able to get more deductions maybe from a prior gift. And you could then, by the power of those deductions, possibly 
see a 0% tax rate on long-term capital gains. So all of these are very effective strategies. So when you're doing charitable giving, you know, the reason we should give should not be fundamentally number one for the tax break. You know, if the, the number one benefit should be we want to give to organizations and to people that need it, you know, that have needs. Uh, but the, if we're going to do it, we want to be as effective with saving on our income taxes as we possibly can. Now, when we come back in our final segment, I'm going to talk about how do you choose the right organizations to give to financially and to get involved with with your time. So today we're talking about charitable giving, the power of giving, and the power of volunteering. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Please check us out online at broganfinancial.com. You can hear all of our radio shows. We podcast them. Click on radio. Uh, we'll have this show up Tuesday afternoon uh, if you you know didn't miss part of it. We're on every Saturday 9 to 10 a.m. and again from 3 to 4 p.m. My next college class is at Pellissippi State Community College. Thrive Financially in Retirement is March the 3rd and the 10th, two two-hour sessions at 6.30 p.m. It's at their Hardin Valley location. Free parking. I'd love to see you there. I cover seven major areas to address in your financial plan. Uh, for retirement. You can learn more and download a syllabus at PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. We're talking today about the power of giving. We had the Love Kitchen, Ernie Roberts, on in the first uh, half of the show, and now we're talking about charitable giving. And how do you choose the right organizations to give to? And I think there's a couple of factors here. The number one factor, from my vantage point, is give to things that we're passionate about. I think that's crucially important. Um, I think that's number one on the list. So, you know, for me, and I don't mind sharing what I do, I mean, my number one passion is my faith. So I want a lot of my giving, not all of it, but I want a lot of it to be faith-based organizations. Now then, another thing is I'm passionate about kids that don't have the same opportunities in life that I do. So I like to give and be involved in things that help kids. We we're very involved. We've been involved with the Butterfly Fund, which is for children's cancer research and support of children's families that are going through cancer uh, for years and for years. I also am big believer in the military, and I'm very active with the Navy SEAL Foundation to benefit our our warriors and the families of our fallen warriors. But start with things that you're passionate about. Now then second, you do want to look at fiscal responsibility and impact. So there's, I'm going to give you three things you really want to look at and vet. One, of course, would be uh, the financial health of the charity. You know, what are their program expenses for every dollar that's given? How much goes to benefit the people that are being served by the charity? And as a rule of thumb, you want that to be 85% or higher. Now, it's not always going to be. Some charitable organizations, um, you know, are very involved in their marketing. 
Uh, and so they, you know, their, their, their fiscal, uh, the, you know, the percentage of dollars that go directly to benefit the, you know, the, the people being served may not be over 85%. Uh, but, you know, you want to be aware of how efficient they're being with their expenses and the giving of your money. Now, then you've got a company like a, a, an organization like the Love Kitchen. They have no overhead. They have no, they have no labor costs because everybody serves as volunteers. They're going to be very efficient more than likely. You want to look at their transparency and accountability. How much are they willing to share about their financials uh, and how does that look? You want to look at, you know, their executive pay, their types of support, the growth of their programs. So there's fiscal responsibility, so that's the financial health of the organization. There's accountability and transparency. And then finally, what are their results? What is their impact? You know, you, you should be able to see the quality and depth of their results as well as their capacity to continue these results. Not just the activities or the number of activities or people served, but their ability to continue to get these, these critical results. You know, it's, a, it's an important step, after all, because the charity's ability to bring about long-lasting and meaningful change in the lives of people and communities should be the key reason for your financial investment. So those are three things financially to look at, impact, transparency, financial health, and, you know, efficiency. Now, one organization that, that provides great information about charities in these different areas is, is a company called Charity Navigator, charitynavigator.org. Now, not every organization is going to be charitable organization they're going to have information on because what, what, what really gives the financial transparency and accountability information is, is a form that's filed every year with IRS. It's a Form 990. And Charity Navigator depends on an electric filing of that Form 990 to, aggregate, to collect the data from in terms of uh, financial health and accountability and transparency. And if a charity is still filing a paper 990, they're not, Charity Navigator's not going to have that. So if they don't have a rating on a charity, that doesn't mean it's not a good charity. Uh, but it is a good place to start. You can always ask the charity for a copy of their Form 990 so that you can see exactly what's going on. So those are some tips that hopefully you can take away of how to get involved. You know, we had the Love Kitchen on. We talked about the power of giving in terms of your time and your resources. And then finally, the impact that you can make both on lives and then we don't want to ignore the tax benefits. That's why Congress has given us the tax benefits of charitable giving in the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, ultimately, the power of giving is remarkable in how it blesses us in return and how we can impact the lives of others. So today we've talked about the power of giving because giving impacts our own life so we can live the greatest years of our lives our way. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you again to Ernie Roberts at the Love Kitchen. Thank you to Chris in, uh, running the board and thank you uh, to, to, to Jill for producing the show. Thank you for tuning in this week. This is More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Have a blessed, great weekend.
The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.